The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk. Thanks to SpiritMotorGroup.ie. With secure online payments, buying your next used car has never been easier. With Spirit Motor Group. Well, now uh, let's uh, talk gardening because Porik Horkin, horticulturist and member of the Horkin Garden Centre family, is on the line. Porik, good morning. Good morning to you, Pat. Now, the, the challenge for gardeners at the moment is the hose pipe ban. And uh, let's talk about your grass, first of all, because I know what you're going to say. Let it be, let it be. Let it be. And if it goes yellow, Pat, what about it? It'll actually come back again. And grass has that great ability that if it goes yellow and goes brown and looks dead, within a couple of weeks after a drop of rain, it comes back again. So don't be worrying about the lawn. Now, just to be clear, Pat, this is a hose ban, but gardeners can still use a watering can or a watering bucket if they want. So you can wash your hanging baskets and newly planted plants as long as you use a watering can. And we are advising people to recycle water as well, because water that we use on our dishes and to clean our vegetables is perfectly usable around the garden as well. And it's also an excellent time of year to install a water butt. And that's a, a simple container that you can attach to your Evron. So when it does rain, it fills up with water and you can recycle that water right through uh, the, the summer period as well. And rain is promised for the weekend, Pat, quite a bit in the south and in the east. So gardeners will be looking forward to that. Now, what's swell gel? Swell gel is a is a it's very similar to what we find in babies' nappies, Pat. You know the how they swell up and, and absorb all the, the liquids. Swell gel is a material that we can add to compost. It's a small crystal and it is, absorbs thousands of units of water, um, many times its own weight in water. So it stores the water in the compost, in your hanging basket and container. And once the compost starts to dry out, the swell gel releases that water back into the compost. So it helps with the watering and maintenance of your plant. So I would always advise adding swell gel to your compost before planting up any hanging baskets, window boxes or containers at this time of year. Now, the questions, and they're coming in thick and fast. I have a golden Leylandi hedge, about 30 years old, but a large section of the hedge is brown now, looks dead. Can it be recovered, asks Kathleen and Claire. Kathleen, unfortunately, once Leylandii goes brown, it doesn't come back again. It cannot rejuvenate itself. So you need to prune out those brown patches. It's generally caused by aphids, the cypress aphid, or scale insects on the branches. But once they go brown, those branches are dead. You need to prune them out. That will leave a gaping hole. But you can plant a young Leylandii plant at the base of that and let it knit back into the hedge again. So anything that's brown or damaged needs to be pruned out. Anne says, when will my lovely wisteria flower planted three years ago with lovely foliage, but no flowers, when will they come? Well, it can take up to seven years for wisteria to flower, Pat, but they're worth waiting for. They've been in flower for the last number of weeks. They're absolutely stunning this year, but they do take time. They're in the teenage years, Pat, as a four-year-old plant. It's got to mature a little bit uh, for another, probably another two years, but it will settle down to flowering. You can help to induce that by putting on sulphur of potash at this time of year helps to induce the production of flower spurs on wisteria and, and it brings it into flower that little bit earlier. But patience. Uh, Jerry in Killarney says, we have a strong 1.5 metre high solid fence facing, facing south-southwest. 
Any suggestions for year-round interest, flower and foliage, please? Okay, well, 1.5 metres, so about five feet, it's south-facing. That's absolutely perfect for many flowering plants. If you want to get seasonal colour, I would advise Cianotus, the California lilac. It makes a beautiful wall shrub. It's evergreen. It flowers at this time of year and it's a really stunning plant. So the Cianotus for me is really good. Osmanthus burkwoodii is an lovely white evergreen flowering plant. Again, can be trained on a wall. Pyracanthus, Cleanthus, the lobster's claw. That makes a beautiful uh, flowering climbing plant patch with green foliage and red lobster-like flowers, which is absolutely beautiful and stunning. And maybe some of something to flower in the winter, something like Viburnum tinus or Mahonia. You could put a mixture of different shrubs. Daphnes would be beautiful as well for their scent and colour from January onwards. So there's lots of really good plants that will suit that south facing. It's actually a very good aspect for many flowering plants. Two questions from a listener. We've just built a new house on the coast in West Cork. We are exposed to wind and salty air. So one, could you advise what trees, evergreen or deciduous, would be good to plant and when to plant the trees, which will be approximately 10 metres from the house? And I would like the trees to give the house some privacy, acting as a screen at the back of the house. We'll take that one first. Well, if you want something evergreen and, and something that will tolerate salt, Cordline Australis, the the um, Australian cordline or palm tree, does really, really well in seaside areas. It's evergreen. It creates that tropical effect. But strategically placed, it can be brilliant for, for creating that sense of privacy within a garden. And of course, it's evergreen and it loves the seaside areas. Other trees that do well in its coastal areas are white beam, Sorbus arilutescens. It's actually a native Irish tree producing silver leaves, pat, white flowers and red berries. And Crataegus Paul Scarlet, which is related to our white thorn, but it's got beautiful double pink flowers and tolerates the salt conditions as well. Some of the maples, there's a lovely maple called Acer Campestria and a variety called Eglant, Elegant that grows in a cone shape, which is very good for shelter and screening as well. So any of those trees, Pat, will work really well. Even pampas grass, the tall pampas grass, mm-hmm. again, Planted strategically can offer, it can grow to seven or eight feet in height. And again, it can be brilliant for creating that privacy and shelter within a seaside garden. Now, uh, he goes on to say, hedgewise, I want to screen off the back of my garden. The house is 800 metres from the sea, can be exposed to wind. Which would be best to plant? I've planted some laurel. Um, There seems to be wind burn on the laurel. They have a lot of brown leaves, but still alive. Would you advise different type of hedge for future planting? Yes, I would. Laurel isn't suitable in coastal areas. But the best plant of all, Pat, is a variety called Iliagnus abengii, often called silver leaf because it's got beautiful silver leaves 12 months of the year. It's extremely hardy. It'll tolerate sea, salt, wind and frost. And it makes a brilliant hedge up to about six feet in height. So that's Iliagnus abengii. You'll see the best of it in Ackle Island. And how much more exposure do you get than in Ackle Island? So it's very well tested, Pat. Mary wants to know uh, when and how to grow Begonia bonfire. Beautiful plant. We talked about it last week. It's a plant that tolerates shade. Now is the time to plant it. It's available in your local garden centres. It will flower from now in June right through to November in a pot or container. It's a beautiful variety. It lives up to its name. It's got these beautiful orange bonfire flowers right through the summer. Great plant. But plant it now. Um, My sage plant wilted overnight and then died. Uh, (laughs) What happened? Any suggestions for a nacer that has dried up and now losing leaves, all only planted in the last year from Jura and Castlenock? 
Well, Jarrah, a lot of trees are showing wind damage that we got three weeks ago, but it's showing up on the foliage now. And acers have the great ability of reshooting again. So per- persevere with that. Um, if you can, give it a good watering. But apart from that, the acer will come back into leaf again. Sage patch tends to be, it's, it's one of our herbs. It's a Mediterranean plant. It tends to be short-lived. If you get three or four years out of sage plants, generally they start to get woody and start to die away. But they do, even though they're Mediterranean, they do need copious amounts of water as as well, particularly in dry weather. So keep an eye on the watering with sage, but it is a short-lived plant. If you get three to five years out of it, it's generally time to replace it anyway. Yeah, from Mayo, uh, honeysuckle creeper at the back of my garage, growing great, but when it's due to flower, it just dies off. Currently, it's starting to look withered and it is watered regularly. Have it about four years, it has never flowered. It ah. only gets sunlight in the evenings. Would that be the reason, asks Kristen. Well, it is a woodland plant, uh, honeysuckle, so it tolerates shade quite well. And and if it's west-facing, it's going to be getting enough hours of sunlight. It's still only four years old, and honeysuckles do suffer from aphids, black aphids that affect the flowering, the young shoots right at the top. And my guess it's that path that's affecting it if it's growing so well and it's stopping it from flowering. So check it, particularly in May and June, just before flowering, Uh, check for aphids because they can be quite destructive. And if you put something like bug clear on it, it'll be perfectly fine. But they're so resilient. It is going to come into flower next year for you. Can you ask Porik about the impact ivy may have on my ash trees? My home perimeter is surrounded by ash trees, which have ivy growing almost right to the top, maybe 25 metres. My wife wants to leave the ivy as they provide green foliage year round. But I fear the ivy could damage the trees in the long term from Richie Indrahada. I'm siding with Richie's wife, Pat, on this one because ivy not only is evergreen, it's a fantastic plant for offering shelter and privacy and feeding for our native birds. It also provides flowers in the autumn for our honeybee and Farmers will tell you it's one of the best plants to feed to cattle because it's a medicinal plant. So ivy has fantastic properties. Now, in an exposed area where it's very windy, yes, there is a a case for keeping ivy off broadleaf trees like ash trees because it tends in windy weather to to bring them over. It acts like a sail and it can damage the trees. But apart from that, if the garden is sheltered, then leave the ivy, let it grow. It's a wonderful plant for, for wildlife. Okay, a couple of quick ones now. Um, My ferns and some of my other plants appear burnt after feeding them miracle Grow with water. Have I damaged them badly? Should I not use miracle Grow on them? That's from James in Kalini. No, miracle Grow is perfectly fine, but like any fertilizer, it can be caustic. And if you're spraying fertilizer or even water during the dry, particularly the warm weather we had, it can cause scorching, particularly on young foliage. Now, it's only a temporary setback, Pat. It will come back. But if you are feeding plants, make, your, make sure you follow the instructions properly and ideally put it on in early morning or evening time out of direct sunlight. But miracle Grow is perfectly fine for ferns. Any bit of foliage, foliage damage, they grow back out of that very quickly again. Final question from Natasha. Can you please, please ask Porik, what's the best time to move a lilac? It's under one metre tall, was planted a year ago in an unsuitable spot beside Leilande, and where might be the best place to plant? Well, lilac, like an open position, remember it's going to grow anything up to 10 feet in height. It can be pruned to keep it smaller. So an open situation away from the Lelandii, certainly, and move it this November, Pat. Wait for the leaves to go off it, dig it up in November, transplant it. It'll transplant no problem whatsoever, but give it a nice open aspect. 
Horticulturist Porik Horkin, he of the Horkin Garden Centre family. Thank you very much for joining us and it brings us to the end of the show. All of today's items will be available online very soon. Wherever you get your podcast, just search for The Pat Kenny Show. 